welcome to welcome to this lesson on the future future in the past Hola, this is Lane Santa Cruz, your Ward 1 Council member with your co-host. Liz Soltero. And you are listening to No Tucson. We started this podcast in response to our daily fight against COVID-19 and as another way to share information and resources and be with community and have dialogue about what's happening. Liz, so what do we have this week? So this week, we're going to focus on the census, and we have Andres Portela from our team that's going to kick it off and introduce our guest. Hi, my name is Andres Portela, uh, Policy Advisor to Councilmember Santa Cruz. Today, I've invited Justin for Arizona Coalition for Change. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Justin Lloyd, and I'm the Regional Organizing Director for Arizona Coalition for Change here in the city of Tucson. Uh, good to see everyone uh, here, and thank you, uh, Ms. Andrea, for the invite. Uh, Ana Karina from the Census. I'm Ana Karina Rodriguez. I'm with Naleo Educational Fund. Um, I'm the Arizona Regional Census Campaign Organizer, and pronouns she, her, Aya. And I live in Phoenix now. Used to live in Tucson. Love Tucson. Tucson will always have a place in my heart. So I'm really happy to be here. So thank you for inviting me. And. Adriana Garcia, Chief of Staff from Councilmember Garcia in Phoenix. Hi, everybody. My name is Adriana Garcia Maximiliano. I'm Chief of Staff for Councilmember Garcia at the City of Phoenix. Oh, and pronouns are she, her, ella. We're going to have a conversation rooted in the census. For me, it's, it's extremely personal, but just so everyone has a good underlying understanding of what the census is. It's, it's, it's a count that takes place every 10 years. It gives us a good understanding where resources are gonna be distributed, but for people of color, it's, it's, it's extremely important to us because historically we have been undercounted. So it's extremely important that for the dispersion of resources and political representation, we understand how important it is for us to really be counted. And so, what does an undercount really mean for the community moving forward and, and, and why should we be so focused on activating this time? Yes. What does the census look like for us past 2020? Well, let's look at what the census has been for us uh, in the past 10 years. As you remember in 2010, when we had our last census count, we were fighting SB 1070. And so we had a lot of barriers that were keeping us from having a, a significant count. In Arizona alone, we had an undercount of 32,000 young Latino children, just the children alone. And we can see the significant impact it had in our state. Red for Ed is a great example of how we had to fight for proper funding for education because it's a trickle effect. If we don't have an accurate count in our census, then it's up to the state to allocate the funding for education, for resources. It come, trickles down to the city, right? Then the city has to determine how the budget is going to be allocated and how we're going to pull funding from different resources resources to ensure that we're keeping our communities safe, secure, having the proper funding programs like uh, SNAP. Uh, KidCo is a great example in Tucson of how Mayor Romero 
uh, had to really fight for funding for KIDCO as a council member to ensure that programs continue to to be a part of our community. And so these are examples of how, uh, how the census and having an accurate count really sets the pace for what our next 10 years are gonna look like in ensuring we have accurate funding for programs like education, HUD programs, housing and urban development, our roads, so many things that impact our everyday day to life that without an accurate count, uh, we really miss out. We really do miss out. Thank you, Ana Karina, for that. Really appreciate um, you sharing all the ways that this is important for us. Justin, with the pandemic, what types of differentiated outreach is needed to ensure that we don't get an undercount this time? Oh, thank you. I'm glad you asked me that. Uh, as you know, the census is actually the count of population. So uh, everyone counts regardless of the race, citizenship, age, uh, criminal history, uh, socioeconomic and status or whatnot. It's mandated in the Constitution, so like every 10 years, everyone is counted. How has this changed from what we're doing now? Uh, we, it really just all determined about how we're able to reach out to them, whether we're doing it by phone, if we're doing it through text, or if we're basically uh, advertising on Instagram or Facebook. So those are the different ways that we've been able to combat the change uh, from when we did it 10 years ago to actually what's happening right now. So then from like a job like mine, I, I, I get to work with making sure that the city's response to the census has been kind of cohesive. And Adriana, I would love to bring you in at this point and just ask you like in Phoenix, how are you guys responding? What, what ways are you guys activating to make sure that you reach the most hardest to count? So we represent District 8, which is at the south side of Phoenix, uh, central Phoenix, and it's actually a pretty large district. And I think what we also have to bring into the conversation around the census is the fact that although there are folks in government like Councilmember Garcia and, and Councilmember Santa Cruz uh, who really care about community, we're dealing with an administration that is racist and that from the get-go did not want everybody to be counted, right? We had the whole fight around the citizenship question and I think that had a very, it had a chilling effect in our communities on who thought they could be counted, who should be counted. It, it just created this really dark cloud around the census. Um, and so I feel like as local governments, we have to you know, very much take that into account that the federal government is not super friendly towards the constituents that we represent. Um, especially the diverse constituencies that we have uh, with, with immigrants and refugees and everybody. And so it's been a lot of that, of, of combating that cloud and then also um, making sure that we're using our relationships and the trust that we have built with our constituents to say, hey, you can trust the census and you can trust us and saying, why you need to fill it out. But it has been hard. We had some amazing ideas here in Phoenix from organizers. We, the city actually invested in this little bus that we were gonna take around that had Wi-Fi and that had computers and folks were gonna be able to fill out their census in, in their own neighborhoods. And all of that went out the window with COVID. And so now it's been recalibrating a lot of those ideas. Um, and figuring out how to still talk to constituents and how to still reach out to them. 
even the ones that are not connected to, you know, who, who don't have Wi-Fi or who don't have internet access and who are having a hard time filling out that census form. We've been focusing on that and honestly just trying to figure it out because it's been hard. Adriana, thank you for speaking to that because we see as late as even yesterday that President Donald Trump signed a presidential memorandum on Tuesday seeking to exclude undocumented immigrants from being counted from um, congressional districts that would be redrawn. So it's kind of like the attacks continue to like instill fear in, in folks from filling out the census. That's a really great point too, Lane, because we always talk about how the census and accurate count will provide funding, but we sometimes miss the uh, also the point that there's the opportunity for redistricting, for an opportunity for better representation. And so I just wanted to point that out too, that under the current attacks that we continue to, to feel that we, there's still so much power in being counted and in, in an accurate count and ensuring that we have proper representation through an accurate count because not only do we get the funding, we also have opportunity for appropriations and an opportunity to gain another district. Very interesting that we only have two Latinos in our congressional seats here in Arizona. And so that's another exciting opportunity with the census and having an accurate count. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up to Ana Karina because that's a really important piece about being counted is representation. So like traditionally that enumerators have, have had that job of reaching out, going door to door, uh, letting people know that this, this is the census season. With that changing uh, and that being changed for the foreseeable future, Ana Karina, what does a digital outreach look like more than just saying that like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of those, but like 80% of uh, Arizona is on Wi-Fi, but there's 20% that isn't. Like, what does that look like? Yes, currently here in Phoenix, we're going to be hosting a Before the Knock uh, Census Accountability on Your Corner. Next week on, on July 29th, we're going to be having a whole Teleton Hall. I, that's a digital component, um, but we're bringing in a more humane component in the morning. We're going to be um, picking a street corner. So in Phoenix, we picked Roosevelt and... Uh, 16th Street, it's by Ranch Market, like a food city, heavy, dense Latino population, low undercount, and we're going to make census signs. We're going to have a sign that shows our self-response rate. We're going to have signs that show how census count is funding for our schools. It's funding for uh, Head Start programs. It's funding for our roads. It's funding for so many programs, and we're going to be visible. We're going to be visible so that we can show people where we're at in our community, and we're inviting folks to join as well. Those are some of the real creative ways that folks have been, you know, utilizing to ensure that we get the census information out there. Other ways are phone banking. Um, there's a lot of great organizations uh, that are doing intense picking up the call phone, calling their families, calling their friends, ensuring that folks know um, how to fill out the census. And if folks have questions, uh, to reach out. There's great hotlines available in all uh, languages. Naleo Educational Fund has a Latino hotline that you can call. It's one eight seven seven el Censo, And you can pick up the phone and call somebody and talk to somebody to find out more information on how to fill out the census. 
Uh, we know that there's still folks that might not feel confident enough, um, but now is the time. Now is the time and we need folks to know we are here and we will be counted here. Other ways are radio, news radio, Arizona Bilingual has been awesome and their Spanish bilingual newspapers, just so many creative ways. Amid COVID-19, you know, we can find creative solutions to ensure that we get out the count. Uh, census parades are another fun one. Here in Chandler, we're having one. Let me know and I'll drive down to Tucson. I know Adriana would come with me and we'll go and help out Tucson and do a census parade. Una caravana allá abajo with you guys. That's amazing. That's really fun. I love how y'all are just like bringing comunidad and like cultura and how you do outreach. So necessary. Um, Justin, this question is for you. If you can tell me in the past and even presently and moving forward, how do you envision your own community organizing efforts? Um, basically, that we use uh, relational organizing. It's just actually where you start with the people that you actually know. And then you uh, educate them on the proper channels in order to actually be able to complete the census. So I put it real simple. It's 10 minutes, 10 years. You make the choice. It's only going to take you 10 minutes. We're going to wait another decade. Uh, who wants to wait another decade when we're talking about $4,000 for each individualist in the home or household? Anna Karina brought this up as well. It also has to do with the, the representation that we have. Uh, so what I can tell you is the undercount for us, for our community, it was undercounted by more than 800,000 African-Americans. Our ideal is to work with the communities, organizations, but also churches who can actually help us break the distrust towards the government, right? And also, too, we're missing out on different populations because people are also incarcerated. Um, one, one of the things is we uh, still have to think about the mass incarceration that we have it's, it's going to take a um my mother used to say this many hands make white work uh for instance we're going to be doing a uh a mass giveaway this friday at uh donna ligon center and what we're doing is we're not only going to be giving away the mask but as they're coming through hey listen have you guys completed the u.s census we did one earlier in the year and we still were able to register people to vote we still were able to educate people about U.S. Census. So we're just using those one or two tools that we have in order to, to be able to combat what we have. Thank you so much, Justin. And just as I'm listening to you and Ana Karina, I'm just like so grateful to have organizers like, like yourselves, you know, doing the work and keeping it very rooted in, in community. And I'm thinking about those communities that you just mentioned, like our church communities and our formerly incarcerated communities that are traditionally disenfranchised, you know, from, from government and these systems that represent us. So thank you so much. I'm so thankful for, for y'all's work and all of this. I'm reflecting um, on Adriana and, and our role on, on city councils in Tucson and Phoenix. What has been y'all's role um, around, around the census and how have y'all been doing outreach to the folks that you represent in District 8 to make sure we get the best count for our communities? Yeah, thank you for that question, Lane, because I, I'm actually really excited that Ana Karina is doing next week, and it's actually in District 8. Um, and District 8 actually has some of the lowest counted census tracts, so it is very worrisome to our office that folks are not filling out the census. And that um, because of the way we count some of the precincts, um, that they actually look like they're undercounted, but it's actually 
some I think miscounting because of the gentrification and because of because of the development that's been happening in our district. All of that to say that we have this issue of um, mistrust in government, and I I think that's something that we think a lot about here in District Eight is that it's hard to push folks and tell them to fill out the census when they feel like they have been underrepresented or when they feel like any of the money that does uh, come in is actually not going to their communities um, or their, their neighborhoods in particular. Um, again, for us, it's been reaching back out and connecting with the folks that we have relationships with, who do trust Carlos, who do trust the office, having them push out the census conversation with their neighbors and with their families. As you know, we, our communities, we like to do things as a family. I, I think matriarchs have a huge role to play in this uh, census count. And so telling the tias and the grandmas and everybody uh, and connecting to them so that they're making sure that they, their families are being counted has been huge. The other thing we've been pushing now is lid drops, so no contact lid drops again. So not necessarily, you know, doing the canvassing that we would usually do, but going out safely with masks and everything and just dropping off more census lids, uh, literature um, in the neighborhoods that we're not, that we know aren't being counted. And so doing some of that and uh, just supporting the work that the organizers are already doing out there. You know, I know the, the current focus is now to get engagement in the census. And then there's that 10 year, that decade that is in between us. For Justin and Ana Karina, what, what is some of the work or, that y'all are thinking that we should be engaging in in our roles in the office to continue, you know, whether it's community building, understanding around the census, are there any thoughts or ideas on what you all think we could do to help? Yeah, I can go first. Um, so I think that um, the Adriana hit a real uh, soft spot with, I think, community engagement, continuing with providing our community with that extra encouragement, extra sense of community empowerment. Let's close our eyes and let's vision what Tucson would look like in the next 10 years if everyone was counted. Arizona, Phoenix, Maricopa, everywhere. Um, we know that this would really truly improve our communities. We would see such an improvement. We would be able to really take, you know, the city budget and really find holes that we need to um, provide more infrastructure, more development um, to see our cities grow. So again, just continuing to encourage our folks, um, que no tengan miedo, si se puede, um, y hágase contar. Perfect. I'm truly appreciative for everyone being a part of this conversation. I know that you guys are very busy, but before we go ahead and, and wrap this up, are, do you guys have any final thoughts? Like Adriana, do you have any final thoughts around the census? I actually love what Ana Karina just said about how we need to envision what our communities would look like if we're all counted. And I actually think that is very much our role in local government is to help folks envisioning that and envisioning a new future, especially in the way that I know District 8 and Ward 1 work. Uh, we believe 
in a new future. We believe in our people. We believe that our folks deserve more. And so really taking, I'm taking that with me. That, that was lovely, Ana Karina. Uh, bringing folks to envision a new future together with us. Really excited to take that back to our team and make sure that District 8 gets counted. Thank you, Adriana. And what about you, Justin? You have any closing, you know, remarks, anything you want folks to know about the work that you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it, Elaine. We got to start saying that the superheroes are not coming. There's not going to be somebody showing up with, with the cape and, and all, everything is going to be fine. So let's start challenging the leaders of the household. Let's start challenging our neighbors, just start challenging our family members and let them know, hey, listen, your voice does count. And we have to be the ones that stand up in our households and we got to start being the superheroes. Thank you. Well said. Well said. We are the ones we've been waiting for. All right. We ready to close out then. Thank you all so much for joining us. And Andres, thank you for jumping in to support us here on the podcast. And thanks for listening to Notuk Son. Uh, please visit our social media. Keep listening on our website or subscribe to our newsletter to stay up to date and in the know. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, y'all.